Nothing's a lock in life. Nothing's guaranteed. I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. All I know is I have to execute what I can today, execute what I can tomorrow, and then make sure that I'm a better version of myself each and every day that I go about. This is episode number 54 with Neil Maddox. Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Julie Fouché, medical student and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here, I bring to you information and inspiration from experts and everyday individuals for how to use lifestyle to maximize health. Thank you so much for joining me. Now let's get started with this week's episode. Hello, and welcome back to Pursuing Health. In this episode, I had the chance to sit down with six-time CrossFit Games individual competitor, Neil Maddox, while we were both at the Reebok Athlete Summit earlier this year in the Bahamas. A little bit of background about Neil, if you don't know him well yet, he has an extensive background in health and fitness as both an athlete and a coach. He played multiple sports growing up and Division II football at Linfield College, where he also graduated with a degree in exercise science. He had a stint with the San Jose Sabercats and worked as a personal trainer before finally finding CrossFit in 2009. He was quickly drawn to the sport and to the community, and today he's the owner and head coach of CrossFit Extreme Athletics and has competed in the CrossFit Games six times. After a year away from competition in 2016 due to injury, this year marks his return in the newly formed 35- to 39-year-old Masters category. With his 40th birthday quickly approaching, he's one of the oldest in this very competitive group, yet he's already made a statement early in the season by finishing fourth in this category in the Open. We discussed everything from the evolution of Neil's CrossFit Games career, dealing with injuries and his approach to this season, to some of his lesser known passions such as training clients with disabilities and animal rights. I think you'll enjoy getting to know more about what makes Neil tick and rooting him on this season in the new Masters category. Before we get started, I have a few updates. First of all, I have a very exciting announcement for you this week. I have been thinking about hosting a training weekend for quite some time now, and you guys have all been asking for it. So with a little bit of time off between medical school and residency in the beginning of July, I finally had an opportunity to make it happen. Now you can join me for a training retreat here in Cleveland, June 9th through 11th. There'll be some training each day, but also we'll be doing yoga, a nutrition workshop, learning open water rowing. We even have a workshop on how to dream and design your ideal life. I'm super excited about being able to spend some time with you in person, and we've been working really hard to make it a very valuable and impactful experience. You can check it out at trainretreat.com. That's T-R-A-I-N-R-E-T-R-E-A-T.com for more info and to reserve your spot for the weekend. A couple of other reminders. If you're enjoying the podcast, please head over to iTunes to subscribe and consider giving it a rating. I'm also always looking for inspiring stories to share. So if you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please send your story to me at info at juliefouché.com and I'll select some to share here on future episodes. To check out my online training programs through Beyond the Whiteboard, visit beyondthewhiteboard.com forward slash juliefouché. Finally, please remember that although I'm very, very close to graduation from medical school, this podcast is meant to share the experiences of individuals and does not provide medical advice. So with that, let's get started here with episode number 54 of Pursuing Health featuring Neil Maddox. Welcome. 
Welcome back to Pursuing Health. I'm here with Neil Maddox. And yes, thank you. We're here at the Reebok Athlete Summit. And I definitely want to talk about competition and also your thoughts on the new master's category. But I kind of want to talk about some other things first, too. So let's go back. Let's start sort of at the beginning. I know your background before CrossFit was in football. Uh Can you talk a little bit about just sports in general when you were growing up playing football what that experience was like oh man uh well uh, a lot of my motivation came from uh, my uncle my uncle Carmen roll okay. uh, he played for the niners back in the 80s won a couple of super bowls with him and uh when you know growing up seeing that figure and seeing uh the success and everything mm-hmm. that came with it it uh kind of motivated me as a kid to want to get involved and then uh my brother my older brother really pushed me into doing it and uh, said that I, I basically had a natural ability for it. Mm-hmm. And so growing up, uh, you know, I started modeling, uh, you know, myself after what they did. I was uh, young and I think about eight, nine years old. I'd do push-ups, sit-ups, squats in my room. Mm-hmm. I'd record, keep a log of it. Uh, and then as I got older and you know, started, you know, playing flag football from flag football to pow, uh, then from pow to high school, from high school to college. It just seemed to keep compounding on top of each other. And then uh, after I graduated from college, try to pursue the NFL. Um, that was a shortcoming, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then try to do arena football. It's another thing that was a shortcoming. Injuries just pretty much set me back and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, it was a, it, it was just, you know, like I said, if it wasn't for the figures that I had in my life, I wouldn't, wouldn't have had that drive to push me forward to where I'm at now. That's amazing. And what, what injuries were you dealing with back then? What was, uh, so, uh, I mean, what injuries don't you get in football? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I've dislocated fingers. I mean, some of my fingers don't even straighten out anymore. Uh, I broke my back, uh, my senior year, I broke my back, uh, and I was almost paralyzed from the waist down. Wow. Um, my L4, L5 were, uh, I had hairline fractures on them. Uh, so that just wasn't, wasn't good at all. But, uh, I mean, from knee sprains to, uh, you know, from stingers, basically subluxing my brachial plexus. I mean, I mean, you name it. You had everything. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. And so... It's amazing then now as we get into where you're at now that you've been able to sustain such a high level of training for yeah, so long. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I contribute a lot of that to, uh, you know, I didn't, when I was a kid, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I just did all these push-ups, sit-ups and all right. that stuff, but I contribute a lot of that stuff to a lot of the body weight movements that I was doing as a kid because I I had no idea what I was doing, but mm-hmm. I did so much of it. And I think, uh, I remember I'd log and I'd do anywhere from... I think I started at a hundred and then I worked myself up to 200 a night of each one. And then wow. I did that for, for years. And You're doing Murph every night, basically. <laughs> yeah, the running. I had no idea. <laughs> you know, that's why when I went into high school, you know, there, you know, kids accused me of using steroids because I was so much stronger than everyone else. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the age of seven, uh, what, 16, I was benching over 400 pounds and wow. squatting over 500 pounds. And they're like, there's no way you should be able to do all that <laughs> stuff because, you know, I was just so much stronger, but a lot of that I contribute to, you know, a lot of the foundation that I built with the, the body weight movement mm-hmm. that I was doing. But like I said, I had no education at that time. I didn't know what I was doing. I just did it. And then before you knew it, it set the platform to where I'm at now. Hmm. So what was that process like of deciding that, okay, football is my football career is over? 
you know what uh you know i came to the realization that football was over um because of the simple fact that it just the year started coming on you try to do these uh you know you try to do these open tryouts these camps and all that stuff and you know, when, when you get rejected so many times, people say never give up on your dream. But, you know, I had to start thinking about my daughter, mm. you know, my daughters. I had to start thinking about where I was going to go with my life and what I wanted to do with my career. Mm-hmm. And then on the side, I was already a personal trainer. So I just chose to step into that field and really work with other people and help to change their lives. That's amazing. And now you are doing that, yeah. you know, to the nth degree with your gym. And so how did you you were working as a personal trainer. How did you eventually then work your way into CrossFit and start doing CrossFit? So, so when I was, uh, when I was going to school, um, I, uh, was working with this gentleman named Kurt Hine, uh, and I did it as an internship and I worked with kids who had disabilities and that, how it led me into the personal training field was, uh, basically, uh, you know, I had to do this project. I took this internship and I took people with disabilities and I, try to set up, you know, some type of strength and conditioning protocol for mm-hmm. him. But, uh, Kurt Hine is a person who I remember and just, it, you know, it brings actually a lot of emotion because the gentleman was a remarkable gentleman. Um, he was one of the professors, but he had MS multiple sclerosis. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I remember seeing him and he was basically in a cart and mm-hmm. like he couldn't do anything. The only way he can do anything was like he had wow. to use a dial and drive. And so, He'd be in his, uh, you know, he'd basically go teach, then he would go home, didn't do anything. And so uh, I remember getting introduced to him and started working with him. And I'd go to his uh, place each and every day and I'd work with him and, you know, simple range of motion, mobility stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget when I brought him out of his house and he said he hasn't been to the weight room in years. And I remember just bringing him down to the weight room and just you know, started off with bands and just doing simple things. And then from the weight room would go into the pool. I'd carry them into the pool, work mobility and stuff like that. But right then and there knew, I knew right then and there that I knew if football wouldn't last, that that would be a outside career for me. So Mm -hmm. that's why when I was still trying to pursue my football career, that's when I got into the personal training aspect. Okay. And, uh, where am I going with this? I kind of lost the (laughs) aspect of what the whole question was. Have you, have you, worked since then have you worked with any other uh, individuals with disabilities or has that uh you want to know something i mean due to the fact that i've been so focused on my gym and Mm -hmm. uh trying to compete in the crossfit games for the previous years and stuff like that when you work with a uh, with people who have disabilities you have to really you know take your time you have to be very patient but Mm -hmm. not only that you have to really dive into it and I haven't really worked too much with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a lady now who's over at our gym who lost part of her arm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she does have a disability to a point, but it wasn't as severe as some of the kids that I was working with before who had Down syndrome or multiple sclerosis mm-hmm. or things of that sort. But, I mean, I really haven't really dived into that field as much. I've worked more so with your general population mm-hmm. um, because I'm in the Silicon Valley. So we have a lot of IT people and stuff like that. And so I've done a lot of uh, corrective uh, exercises, stretches, things of that sort with a lot of PT clients of mm-hmm. mine and stuff like that. But uh, no, I haven't really worked too much with uh, too many special needs uh, since college. Okay. And then at what point did you start doing CrossFit or did you find uh, out CrossFit, about it? So, uh, it's kind of funny how CrossFit got introduced to me. I was still trying to, I got the itch late in uh, 2009. I, I wanted to try to see if I could go and play football again. Mm-hmm. And I remember a buddy coming over to me and saying, hey, man, 
there's this thing. I, I, I did this workout over at this guy's gym and believe it or not, it was Jason's Khalifa's oh, really? gym. One of my buddies <laughs> went to Jason Khalifa's gym when he was uh, in Santa Clara way back in the day. I had no idea who Jason Khalifa, uh-huh. anybody was. And so he did this workout and then he's all, man, you have to try this thing <laughs> called CrossFit. And I'm like, man, I've tried everything. Yeah. What is this? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then, uh, he was like, okay, let's do this workout. And it was Linda. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was, uh, you know, three bars of death. I mean, and so, uh, <laughs> you know, I remember doing that workout and I think it took me, I mean, something like, like, like around almost close to 20 minutes. And then afterwards, uh, I was like, I was, I was just like, I was hooked. I was like, <laughs> what the hell is this? So I hopped on the CrossFit site and I was looking up CrossFit and then this thing, this video of nasty girls p- pops up oh, and I'm yeah. looking at these girls and I'm like, Oh my, what, what the hell is this? <laughs> what this are is they awesome. Doing? Yeah. And that right then and there, I mean, literally once I found out about CrossFit, literally two weeks later, I was in a seminar mm-hmm. and my first seminar was in Aromas mm-hmm. and believe it or not, Jason Klepa was uh, interning. And so wow. then I hear, Oh, the CrossFit games champ, this, that. And I'm like, <laughs> I had no idea that there was even fit it. Like the I didn't even know fitness was anything. a sport because yeah. I still was oblivious to everything because I was so new to it. But that's pretty much my intro and how I like pretty much got welcomed into CrossFit. Wow. I, mean, I, I think Pat Barber was uh, filming at the time. I mean, Dave Cash, were there, all the OGs were there. Freddie oh, Camacho, yeah. all the OGs, uh, Jolie Gentry. I mean, all the, all that's the OGs amazing. were there. And what had been, you been doing in the meantime between football and then starting CrossFit? So, uh, from football to CrossFit, um, um, basically I, uh, worked, uh, I worked for a global gym for many years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, after I, I quit the global gym. I opened up my, I opened up a small garage gym, but uh-huh. it wasn't like a CrossFit gym. It was a garage gym that I did personal training out of Okay. because, you know, I had a dream to own my own gym. Mm-hmm. And so I uh, opened up a garage gym and literally when I mean, it was really small. I mean, <laughs> I don't like even just know. You and one, I, one I don't person. even know how <laughs> I got people there. And then I went from training people to doing group training in that little place. Wow. But I, I, like I said, I still didn't know about CrossFit. So I did this thing called hybrid training that I thought I was coming on to something yeah. like, you know, where I'd do uh, weights and then would mix it in with some running and all this stuff where uh-huh. we just kept going. And then I find out many years later, it's CrossFit. <laughs> but I thought I was on to something because I was getting great results right. with people. But then, like I said, starting that garage gym and then, like I said, my buddy introduced me to CrossFit and then realized that all these boxes are opening up that were very similar to me. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, man, this is what I need to do. This is what I need to transfer over to. But, uh, you know, in 2009, when I did, uh, get, uh, my CrossFit L1, I didn't, um, I didn't even know that there was a CrossFit games. Hmm. I had no idea. So you were okay. just going into it purely for the training yes, and to be able to use it with the your training clients. The, uh, purely for the training. And then when I went to the level one, that's when I found out the, about the little bit of the community, but I still was oblivious mm-hmm. to it. Um, f- uh, I think a few months later was when you know, I hopped on the site and they're like, Oh, we had sectionals and blah, oh. blah, blah, all these players. And I'm like, what? There's fitness. You could do fitness. <laughs> you could, I mean, you could compete on the level. And I had no idea. That's when I chose to volunteer for, um, the 2000 name, uh, uh 2009 CrossFit games. I was a judge okay. because I wanted to know more about it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, being up front, up close and personal. And like I said, I've told this story many times. I, I'll never forget, you know, 
meeting Dave Castro uh, again and uh, Greg Glassman, and I told him, I'm all, look, I'm all, I love this so much, I will be here next year. Mm -hmm. And mark my word, I was there next year. (laughs) Wow. That's how it all started. That's amazing. And then you were there, and you were, that was 2010 was your first year. Yeah, 2010. And then you've been competing, I mean, basically since then, but more yeah. recently you've had some injuries that you've dealt with the yeah. last couple of years. So, uh, so basically, you know, I, from 2010 competed, made six CrossFit games. And, uh, then finally it got to a point where I just had some injuries that were mounting up that I had to get taken care of. So I had surgery on my foot. Every, I mean, there's so many stories about what I had surgery on, what got <laughs> injured, whatever, you know, after the CrossFit, my six CrossFit games, I had a, uh, a, a tear in my adductor mm-hmm. that I've been pretty much nursing since um, because, you know, I want to try to avoid surgery at all costs, but right. I had to get surgery on my foot. There wasn't no ifs, ands, or buts. So, you know, when you go to bed every night and you're waking up in the middle of the night in pain, mm-hmm. it just, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I had to get surgery on that. And then, um, you know, I was still dealing with the repercussions of the injury that I got from basically in the background warming up everyone said oh you hurt your hamstring no didn't hurt that oh you hurt your ankle no (laughs) it was my adductor that Mm. I like had a partial tear and I remember during the games I I was so upset because I had to pull out that they took me in the back and I had an MRI and they saw the tear the tear there so you know the the doc uh it was a doctor from uh Boston um I forgot his name the gentleman but uh I think he worked out over at CrossFit New yes Yeah, yeah yeah But anyway, he was telling me that, you know, I I should pull out and I should be smart and not Mm -hmm. try to push it. But I couldn't run. I couldn't lift. I had no power in my hips Mm -hmm. because of that injury. Um, But basically, you know, I just, you know, this past year and a half has uh, or what going on what two years, whatever. But Mm -hmm. year and a half, it's been kind of rough, you know, because. You know, when you're used to competing at such a high level for so long and then you just get it taken away from you, it kind of demoralizes you a little bit mentally. And so a lot of it has been um, really building myself up mentally and then at the same time healing myself physically and just really trying to listen to my body and be smart about what I do and how I do it Mm -hmm. because I'm not I'm not as young as I used to be. I'm getting ready to turn (laughs) 40. And, uh, and I try to describe that, you know, as you get older, I try to describe your muscles are like jerky. If you get a fresh piece of jerky, it bends nice and easy, <laughs> but as it gets older and it dries out a little bit, when you bend it, it kind of snaps. So that's <laughs> what happens with your muscles a little bit, you know? Right. And so, uh, you know, I've been doing all the little things that I need to do, my range of motion stuff, uh, mobility, all the stuff that I need to do, but it's just a process and I have to adapt to the fact that I'm a little bit older. I'm not that young athlete. So some of those numbers aren't going to be the same as they used to be. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of that is, that's the hardest part. Right. Just to get used to that and being okay with it. Yes. And knowing, you know, when is too far to push yourself at the expense of injuring yourself. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the hardest part. And, you know, a lot of these younger athletes who are, you know, who are beasts, who are killing it in CrossFit, you know, they, it's funny because when I was younger, uh, a few years younger, because I started CrossFit at like, what, 30 mm-hmm. pretty much, uh, 30, so, what? yeah, 31, mm-hmm. um, pretty much the older athletes were like, oh, wait until you get older. You'll see what I'm talking <laughs> about. I'm like, no, nah, I'll stay young forever. Now I tell all these young athletes, oh yeah, you guys are doing all this stuff. You're having yeah. fun. Wait until you get older. It, it changes a little bit. It still keeps you fit. It still keeps you young. It still keeps you strong, but you the volume and what you can do, you have to 
you have to moderate it and you really have to be smart about what you're doing because if you aren't, Mm -hmm. guess what? I mean, testosterone levels decrease when that decrease healing decreases and a lot of that stuff has a profound effect on where your body's going to go and what it's going to do. Right. You only get one body. So it's true. You got a lot of like, you know, long life that you want to be functional. Mm -hmm. Um, It's easy to overdo it. I think when you're young and when you can bounce back and recover really quickly. Yeah. Like prime example today at the summit, all those guys, after we did a workout, Mm -hmm. they're uh, all out there playing football and I wanted to play football, but then (laughs) I sat there and I was like, you know what? It probably wouldn't be smart to play because I know how aggressive I am when I'm out there and I don't know how to go 50%. It's, it's 100% or you don't step on the field. So, you know, I had a, I had to check my ego at the door and I had to say, okay, let them play. And then I went to the gym and just got some, you know, hidden fitness and <laughs> staying, staying low key. Yeah. That's good. So what was that? You mentioned how it was difficult during that time to be able to really pull yourself back when you were dealing with the injuries. But what were some of the things that you did? Like when you'd get really down on yourself or when you'd feel like, you know, things weren't going your way or you could, you were frustrated that you couldn't train well, as much as you used to. I mean, to. once I came back, once I had surgery on my foot, I rushed myself back really fast. And mm-hmm. when I rushed, rushed myself back, I completely forgot that I, I had this adductor <laughs> issue and I re-injured myself oh, and I was no. just like, oh my gosh. And it's like, you know, when you get these injuries and these setbacks, you're just like, come on, man, when is this ever going to stop? Yeah. Is it my time to, you know, just give this up and retire and stop? And uh, part of it was I, I, I like to watch a lot of uh, the NFL network and NFL life. Mm-hmm. And I love listening to a lot of the stories of the uh, NFL players and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But then, you know, I sat there and I was, uh, you know, watching a lot of these stories and all of them were talking about retirement and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there like, maybe I should retire. <laughs> maybe I need to just maybe back up. And this is a sign that I need to just step <laughs> away from everything completely because yeah. my body is not responding the way I want it to respond. And so, uh, you know, everybody's all, oh, no, Neil, you're a beast. You could go out there. You could kill it. But, you know, my body has changed, you know. I, You know, physically people say you look great, but internally when you're moving and you feel joints and stuff like mm-hmm. that, you know, it's, it's, not a, it's not just something that I'm bringing up mm-hmm. or making up. You know, I do all the little mobility pieces, all the things that I'm supposed to do. But still, you know, the, to make it to the games and to, com- you know, I only knew one way. Mm-hmm. And I... I was geared to train hard, work my butt off, put in the time, put in the effort and get the volume in. Mm-hmm. And when you can't do all that stuff and you know, as a, a, for, a you know, former games mm-hmm. competitor, when you can't get all that volume, you're like, am I going to still be able to compete at that level when I'm not doing everything that I'm supposed to do? Right. And so now I just have to be a little bit smarter with it. There's days where I have great training days and then there's days where I have to back off and I have to use relative intensity. Mm-hmm. I have to go with my physical and psychological needs. And mm-hmm. as long as I get the work done, you know, sometimes it's not 100% that I'm doing it at, but as long as I'm moving, and I'm getting fitness, uh, fitness in, it's, uh, you know, it's helping to build me, uh, mentally. And, uh, you know, I'm just taking it one day at a time. That's awesome. And are you, where would you say you are now kind of on the spectrum of healing from the injuries? You want to know something right now? My body feels good. Uh, it, it, it feels good. I haven't went out and really did a lot of crazy speed work and mm-hmm. agility work and all that stuff. That's something I, I'm slowly building in. Uh, you know, I'm going to go out and work with Henshaw a little bit. I start, I'm going to start back next week. Mm-hmm. Um, once we, uh, 
leave the this beautiful beautiful <laughs> place i'll be back out there and i'll be on the grind again mm-hmm. and i'll be with henshaw but uh i'll start implementing a lot of that stuff and seeing where i'm at but i'm going to ramp myself up at a pace that will allow me to uh stay healthy but not take me 10 steps back where okay. i just feel demoralized and i'm not you know right. where i want to be you know of course you know everyone's getting ready for the open and you know in the previous years you know i've i think my i think my last year that i competed not last year but the year before my worst year i've ever competed in the open i placed in the top 20 in the world but you know i i came to the realization that a lot of athletes have gotten a lot better mm-hmm. and uh you know trying to be you know top 10 in the worldwide open like it you know, I used to be is something from a far reach, but, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I just want to, um, go out there and, you know, give my best and do my best and wherever the chips lay and wherever I place, as long as I know I gave the effort and my heart and soul was in it, Mm -hmm. I'll be happy with it. That sounds like a great approach. I think harder done than said for most people, but I think ideally that's how we'd all like to feel is that we just gave it our all and then be okay with it. Yep. So do you have uh, specific plans if you were to qualify as an individual versus now there's this new master's category? You want to know something? I've accepted the fact that I'm a master's athlete now. Um, You know, I mean, I look at the, uh, you know, last year doing the demo team and I was banged up and injured Mm -hmm. on that. Oh, man, you know, that's part of the, you know, that's part of. Uh, you right. know, really driving me yeah. nuts, you know, not being able to do stuff and all that stuff. I came to the realization that you want to know something. I'm going to leave it to the young guys. You know, there, you know, there is a difference. Can, do I think that I have the ability to still qualify and can I train and get myself there? Mm-hmm. I've seen what I can do. I've seen the numbers that I could put up and stuff. Do I believe I can do it? Yes. However, um, you want to know something? I, I want to see how I compete and how I stack up against guys my age. Yeah. I want to know, you know, this, this master's division, there's a lot of former games athletes who are there, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, go to mention if Tommy Hackenbrook wants to get back into it. I mean, Chad McKay, I mean, he's 35, I believe. I mean, uh, Miko Salo, I mean, Chris Spieler, Matt Chan, Pat Burke. I mean, the list, this I mean, there's be, a list. It's going to be amazing athletes, to watch. You know? Yeah. There's a, a list of athletes, but I told Dave Castro, I'm all, you know, you came out with it four years too late. I'm <laughs> right, all, you're you know, right I was like, edge. I've been, I've been, you know, in my <laughs> mid thirties for a while. I mean, now you're what busting it out when these guys are barely turning 35 right. and I'm getting ready to turn 40, you know? So, so it's Still like competing you know, against the young guys. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is, but, uh, you know, I'm going to, uh, work my butt off. Uh, you know, I'm going to, uh, respect the process because I think sometimes, uh, people, uh, just try to rush things, but mm-hmm. I have to respect that there's a process and I have to pay my dues in order for me to earn the right to make it to the big show. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of wisdom you have <laughs> all your years of experience. Um, And then we talked earlier a little bit about just balancing, you know, now you have that sort of as your goal and your priority and balancing the other things you do, like running your gym. I know you put your heart and soul into the gym and you are there, you know, do amazing things for your members. How do you balance those roles and decide, you know, how much you need to put into the gym and focus there versus your own training or other things? You want to know something? Um, uh, uh, I've been blessed to have uh, a beautiful and smart woman uh, come into my life uh, and uh, really, uh, her, uh, Tracy, who really has uh, really just like really stepped up and allowed me to uh, 
take one step back from the gym. I'm still doing all the behind the scenes mm-hmm. work and stuff, mm-hmm. but it allowed me to take a step back a little bit. She's took on a little bit of my workload okay. in the client sense. Mm-hmm. I'm still doing all the behind the scenes stuff and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but she's, you know, allowed me to, uh, you know, still go out and fulfill my dream. You know, my, you know, I've always had a dream of, you know, getting on the podium at the CrossFit games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've always, uh, fell a little short. I've worked my butt off, but fell a little short and I still have that dream. You know, my, my dream is to get up there and be able to know that all the hard work and all the yeah. years that I put in that finally I've, I've made it to somewhat of a pinnacle, right. you know, I mean, it won't stop there once I, once I do accomplish that, but you know, it's just having this person come into my life and, you know, uh, you know, really, really, you know, help bring the best out of me in the sense of allowing me to, you know, really go to my roots and train the way I need to train, mm-hmm. but still be able to work. You know, I'm, I'm just blessed. And I must have to, I have to say a big thank you to her because she really has uh, been the biggest difference maker in my life. That's amazing. And she is amazing. I've met her and yeah, she is. she's a wonderful person. So that's great. It's, it's so important just to see and, you know, how having that support and having those people around you who help you to support and reach your own goals yeah. and your own dreams. So that's great to see. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to finish with three questions I ask everyone on the podcast. So the first one is three things that you do on a regular basis that have the biggest positive impact on your health. Man, three things that I do on a regular basis. Well, in the morning, uh, the the thing that I love to do is uh, before I work out and all that stuff, I I spend time doing mobility. Mm -hmm. Um, Something that I do on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. you know, I stretch on a daily basis. That's just one thing that I really think is a cornerstone is keeping the functionality. Yeah. Because what people don't realize is when you lose that functionality, it is a form of sickness. Mm -hmm. And when I see people in the gym who are my age or younger and they can't squat and they can't move, Mm -hmm. they don't realize that they have a form of sickness that is already set into their body and that that's only going to get worse. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's one thing that I try to practice on a, on a daily basis. Um, second thing is I still never lose track of my nutrition. Um, yes. Do I like to eat cookies here and there? Do I like <laughs> to drink Coca-Cola? And do I like to eat donuts and stuff? Yes. But then in the simple, you know, on the, on the backside of that, what people don't see is that throughout the day, I'm not doing that all day long. Right. I may do it at night because I'm not at my calorie limit, mm-hmm. but throughout the day, I'm pretty strict with what I eat and how I eat it. Mm-hmm. Um, do I add in carbohydrates yes i do you know i just i I mean do i add in some bread and all that stuff it's some of the stuff that i have to add in Mm -hmm. however a lot of people who do paleo and all that will be like why are you doing all that but (laughs) it works for me yeah you've done a lot of trial and error and figured out it works works for me if i don't have it what i realize is that i'm very flat Mm -hmm. i have no energy and it just doesn't really do you know it doesn't really push me and then um the the last thing that um that I do on a daily basis is work out. I just, every <laughs> yeah. day I'm in the gym doing something, Right. you know, every single day, you know, I'll, I'll put on my little, uh, polar pedometer and mm-hmm. all that stuff and I make sure that I, you know, I don't have it right now. I left it at home, believe it or not, but I make sure that I'm getting my steps in mm-hmm. because, you know, I think it's critical. I mean, if you look back in the day, you know, the average person, what did what 20,000 steps a day, like mm-hmm. just on the average, just living now, their regular life. It, that's a regular yeah. life. And now I have clients who, I'm, I'm literally who I'd have them put on a pedometer mm-hmm. who aren't even getting 
3,000 steps a day. Wow. You know, and you wonder yeah. why society is, you know, why we're sick and why, you know, health is going backwards instead of forward and obesity is such on a rise and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to me, you know, we, you know, and so the new thing, and I know this is probably a fourth question. The new thing that I'm trying to do is I'm trying to park my car more and ride my bike more. Oh, I like I'm that. trying to get out and ride my bike. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have these toys that I have at home that I need to put to use because when I was in Columbia, uh, not last year, but the year before, I remember on a Sunday, it was with Doug, mm-hmm. we, we went out and I looked on the street and they shut off. It was in Bogota. They shut off this main street, this mm-hmm. packed street, and everybody was riding bikes and running. <laughs> and, and I sat there and I was like, this is amazing. And they do it every single Sunday. And oh, this is awesome. A, this is a, this is a Huge packed, a packed, a packed community. Wow. But when I saw that, I was just like, Wow. And so that's one thing that I'm trying. I mean, my dogs go to the gym every day. So that's why, you know, Tracy could take hard, them yeah. and then, then I could ride my bike. But that's a that's a that's a secret fitness that I'm trying to do is just park the car, be way more active in the mm-hmm. sense of, you know, not getting used to Western civilization in the sense of just being in the comfort of, uh, you know, all the luxuries of life. Right. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. I noticed I wear a pedometer, too, for mostly for our our health insurance because we get discounts if we have a certain number of steps. But it is amazing to see, like, there are some days where I'm really active and I'll get, like, you know, well over 10,000 steps. And then other days you're sitting at a desk all day or you're studying and it's like, oh, my goodness. (laughs) I've been there. I mean, mean, it's kind of funny because on my my active recovery days, I I look and, uh, well, you can't really measure rowing (laughs) on on that, but... (laughs) But I look and I'm like, oh man, uh, my step count is really low. But then on days that I'm active, it's like 20,000 is hit. Oh, and all yeah. of a sudden it, my, my thing is all vibrating and all doing all this <laughs> stuff. But you know, those are little tips that, you know, I try to tell people yeah. is just, you don't necessarily, if you can't make it into the gym, guess what? Go in your office, walk. If you're, if you're sitting in your chair at your desk, guess what? Stand up, walk back and forth when you're on a phone conversation. Mm-hmm. Guess what? That, that, that movement is going to create a, a, a positive emotion and that positive emotion is going to carry over into your conversation. Absolutely. And guess what? If you're in sales or anything like that, guess what? You're going to have more energy. You're going to have more power in the sense of, you know, being able to close a deal and things of that sort. But yeah. I try to tell people move, move, move. I mean, if you move longevity, life is going to be a lot, a lot better and it's going to be a lot longer. But if you aren't moving as much, guess what? I, I, I worked in a hospital. I didn't, I wasn't a doctor, but I used to go to a hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this was back in, uh, 2000, uh, 2009, 2010, 2011, okay. uh, Good Samaritan Hospital. And I'd go in there and I'd work with patients uh-huh. in there. And these are people who are bedridden and I'd take them out of their bed. And like I said, I'll just work simple mobility, yeah, yeah. simple flexibility tasks. These are people who can't really move. Right. That's and, amazing. But I'd go and I'd stretch them and I'd work. And, mm-hmm. and if they could work their arms, I'd do banded exercises and I'd find ways mm-hmm. to work with them just to keep them moving. And the reason why I did that is because my mom has had tremendous health issues. And I know I keep going on with all this stuff. I'm sorry. No, this but is my great. mom has had a lot of health issues mm-hmm. and a lot of the health issues came to the, came from the fact that she was a smoker. Mm. That's why I'm so, I can't stand cigarettes. Right, right. Oh man. But you know, my grandmother was a smoker. She died from CPOD. Mm-hmm. Okay. And emphysema. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my grandmother told my mother to stop smoking, but my mom didn't listen and she mm-hmm. kept going. And guess what? She got CPOD and yeah. emphysema. And in uh, 2009, they said that she only had a year to live. Wow. She's still here. 
And uh, I remember because is her health complete? Is she a hundred percent? No, but I remember anytime there's issues and she's in the hospital, the biggest thing that I tell her is move. Mm-hmm. Do not conform to your bed, yeah. move, squat. And I'd give her little tasks. You know, if you can't do if you're weak today, mm-hmm. 10 squats a day, mm-hmm. 10 squats a day. You could sit on the chair, stand, sit on the chair, stand. And it's funny because my mom would be bedridden. I'd go to the hospital. All of a sudden she'll jump up. <laughs> and then all of a sudden she's like, I'm going to do my squats. Squat. <laughs> you know, I'm going to do and, 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 you know, my whole thing is, is that, you know, just, just move. If right. you move, you can fight off that. You can fight and delay that chronic disease and um you know i'm just blessed to still have her here because i know there's a lot of people who've lost their lost their parents and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but i'm still blessed that i can have her here and that she you know she's still a strong fighter that's where i learned how to get my fight and stuff Mm -hmm. like that but you know i'm just i'm really blessed to be able to have her here and that you know she's is squatting and believe it or not you know, even though she has those issues and stuff, she can do a good squat. She can get wow. her butt to her heels pretty much where most people can't. Yeah. She's so a I good guess, coach. I guess, I, well, I guess that's where I got my squat from, you know, because, you know, yeah. a lot of people can't do that. But like I said, whenever an issue would happen and she would go up because in this, sorry, I'm going to elaborate no, a little good. bit more. When someone has CPOD and emphysema and stuff like that, their immune system is really down. Mm-hmm. And if anyone has a common cold, that common cold becomes pneumonia for right with COPD. for people like that, and Very so that's risk, the yeah. issue. Uh, that's the issue that I'm always fighting with is that my mom, my we have uh, my sister has some beautiful twins, mm-hmm. but they're little kids, and so they, they get have common a lot colds. Of colds yes. So when they get colds, they're around my mom. My mom gets sick, mm-hmm. and there's nothing she can do to fight it off. And then what happens is she can't breathe. There's an episode. She's in the hospital, yeah. and when she's yeah. in the hospital, it's not a day. It is a week. And you're in a bed and right. they don't move you. They just sit you there. Yeah. And it's that's amazing. Why I, and how quickly that strength just disappears. And yes. In a hospital, it's hard to get, you know, they, they try as much as they can with physical therapy, but there's only so much, mm-hmm. you know, so many people to come around to work with you. And so it's so, that's one of the most sad things I think to see is just people in bed all day. Not even, you know, even you could do exercises yeah. in bed, but it's, but you, you know, have to you. Your legs are a larger group, a larger muscle group than your arms, oh, yeah. and you need those things. You need your legs to stay strong. Mm-hmm. If you lose though, if you lose that aspect, it, it, I mean, it, it just makes life a little bit more tougher in your later years, yeah. in your yeah. later years and stuff like that. But you know, like I said, I mean, you know, just getting her to move and getting her to do things and stuff like that. You know, like I said, there's been many times where I went there and I thought I was going to lose her where she's like, in a like pretty much they put her uh, like coma inducer and she has tubes down her mouth and all that stuff. And I'm like, you know, you sit there and you're like, Oh my God, you know, you you, don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. But then every time she fights through it and, uh, I guess that's where uh, I get my strength. (laughs) I get my strength and I get my, my will and my, you know, my fight, Mm -hmm. you know, to, you know, no matter how hard a workout is for me, I just think about what she's went through, mm-hmm. you know, and even when I'm going through a workout and I can't breathe, I could just imagine what she's going wow. through. Yeah. You know? Wow. That's amazing that you have that. 
that inspiration and then that you, you know, use that to give back and to help other people mm-hmm. move when they're in the hospital. I think that's yeah really uh, important. Yeah. I did that for many years, uh, for a couple of years and it was, uh, you know, it, it was a very eye opening experience and, um, I met some great people. I got to work with some great people and people mm-hmm. were like, Oh, why don't you do it anymore? It's, it's not that I don't, I, I don't want to do it. It's mm-hmm. just time commitment right. and all that stuff with where you prioritize right. things that my gym has gotten bigger. You know, I, we, you know, want to expand and do a lot of bigger, a lot of other things. It's mm-hmm. just, you can, you only have so much time in a day to do things. Right. You know? Right. Speaking of which, my next, next question is one thing that you think would have an impact on your health, but you just haven't been able to implement it or you struggle with it. You know, one thing that I, I told myself by the age of 40 that I wanted to become a vegetarian. Hmm. I struggle with the fact of, of that because of the simple fact that the, the meat products that I consume help me to keep the muscle mass that I have and mm-hmm. they give me the branch chain aminos that I have. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I'm a big animal activist. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I just think that there's a lot of cruel people out there who really you know, are, are cruel to animals in, in general. And mm-hmm. not only that, our society of how we slaughter animals and all that stuff, it's pretty cruel. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a hypocrite because I'm against that stuff, but yet I'm that guy who goes to the meat market and mm-hmm. buys the meat and all that stuff. So right. I'm contributing to it. And so, I mean, that's, that's one thing that I, I want to be able to do is be able to find a way to transform myself into a vegetarian, mm-hmm. but still be able to get, that meat, you know, the, right. get, get that, the nutrition get that the you nutrition need. that I'd get from meat and things of that sort, right. because of the simple fact that when you don't have that stuff, mm-hmm. well, at least I've experimented, my strength numbers have went down. Yeah. A lot of things have, my muscle masses went down, things of that sort have, have happened. So I need to try to find a way or a way to supplement mm-hmm. it or what, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I just, I have to, st- I have to dive more into books and study yeah. more on it in order for me to really solve that question and really get the true answers that I need to right. move forward on that. Right. To be able to find, you know, it's, uh, it's obviously much more complicated to find all the, d- you have to combine different sources of protein yes. to be able to get everything you need and definitely makes it more difficult. Yes. Um, another book, if you've ever heard of Omnivore's Dilemma by Michael Pollan, yeah. I love that book. And he talks a lot more about, it's more about like hunting and gathering and yep. the process. He kind of goes to the root of where the food comes from. Um, but I thought that was really interesting and in just talking about, you know, how eating meat, you know, obviously we were evolved to eat yep. meat, but it was done in more of a humane way and like the way of the life cycle of the animal and it's helping to sustain us. And so when I think about that, it makes more sense. But the problem is that most of the meat we have in our society that you buy in the grocery store isn't produced like that. We're not hunting it ourselves. Oh, no. We're not having to work hard for it. Yeah. So it definitely changes. But the not way only that, it has done. so many profound effects on the, the, you know, mother earth in general, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I was uh, watching this documentary on HBO and it was just talking about global warming and all that stuff. And it, I, I forgot the name of it, but it started off with this guy dancing in his <laughs> living room and doing all, and I'm like, this is about global warming and stuff, <laughs> but you know, watching the, going through the documentary and seeing everything that he experienced and all that stuff, basically there comes to a point where uh, he went and he was with these tribes and when he was with these tribes in this council, everyone sat 
all these people sat in this council and you know it's not they didn't sit in chairs they mm-hmm. sat basically the out in the yeah. out in the wilderness and they're sitting there and they're talking and they're debating but when they're talking and debating they talk and debate with stories they don't mm-hmm. talk and debate like how our political system is right. they talk with stories and these stories are basically they, they these stories are what lead to basically where, what they want to do with their society and where they want to go. But at the end of it, they all get together and they dance Mm -hmm. and they, and and they bring (laughs) out the joy of one another. Mm -hmm. Think about that. If we had politicians instead of, you know, sitting there and yelling at each other, but you know, they talk and then afterwards they're all, you know, gathering around and dancing together and stuff like that. We're, We're, you know, there wouldn't be as much hate as we have today. But anyways, going back to that so, story with global warming, we have, we're producing so much beef today mm-hmm. and that beef that we're producing, those, that, that byproduct of these uh, cows taking up so much of our lands and right. stuff like that. And then the gases that they release and stuff, you know, it's, it's just having a negative effect on what's, what's going forward with the mother earth. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. My last question is what does a healthy life look like to you? Wow. I mean, you know, to, you know, just, okay. So when I grew up, like I said, I told you about my, my Mm -hmm. uncle playing for the Niners, but I had a, I had a dad who was, who was pretty muscular, Mm -hmm. you know? And so me, I always had this image of, a healthy life was to have muscles, you know, <laughs> I remember my dad yeah. would flex and I'd hang on his arm and swing. <laughs> so, you know, you know, to me it was just to, you know, a healthy life was to, you know, was to, you know, treat your body like a temple mm-hmm. and keep it beautiful and strong. And what I mean by that, I'm not just talking about external beauty, right. what I'm talking about is in the internal beauty and that's what you feed it, mm-hmm. how you treat it. And, uh, you know, and what, daily things are you doing to keep it improving Mm -hmm. and so that's pretty much i love that outcome on it i love that wonderful awesome well thank you so much for sitting down with me i really appreciate it and i think it's time for dinner so we'll have to catch up again uh giving me an opportunity to come on and uh absolutely yeah well i'll be watching you this season so yeah. Got a lot of work though. I mean, one last thing everyone says (laughs) that i'm a lock for whatever i'm not a lock for anything I have to put my head down and I have to Mm -hmm. work. I know no matter how hard I'm working, I know there's people out there who are working harder, but I know that I have to earn every single, every single, I have to earn every single opportunity to be able to be on that stage. And then once I'm on the stage, I have to earn every, every opportunity to be able to make that podium. Mm -hmm. So nothing's a lock in life. Nothing's guaranteed. I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. All I know is I have to execute what I can today execute what I can tomorrow and then make sure that I'm a better version of myself each and every day that I go about my life. So amazing, amazing outlook. Awesome. Thank you, Neil. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you all so much for tuning into this episode. I loved catching up with Neil and it was especially fun to learn about some different sides of him and what's behind his success as an athlete. I know we'll all be cheering for him this CrossFit game season in the new 35 to 39 Masters category. I also want to remind you about my training retreat, which is happening here in Cleveland, June 9th through 11th. I'm super excited about being able to spend some time with you in person. We'll be training each day, but also featuring yoga sessions, a nutrition workshop, open water rowing, even a workshop on how to dream and design your ideal life. 
Check it out at trainretreat.com. That's T-R-A-I-N-R-E-T-R-E-A-T.com to reserve your spot for the weekend. I hope to see some of you there. To make sure you never miss an episode and to receive exclusive content from me, head to my website, juliefouché.com, where you can subscribe to my email list. Also, don't forget to share your stories. If you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please email me at info at juliefouché.com. I'll choose some of these inspiring stories to share here on the podcast in future episodes. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and consider giving the podcast a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, don't forget you can train with me by visiting beyondthewhiteboard.com slash juliefouché. I always love hearing your feedback, so please leave comments under this post on my website, juliefouché.com, and share your thoughts on social media with the hashtag JFHealth. Thank you again so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time on Pursuing Health. Pursuing Health.